Welcome back to the iCast. I'm Robbie Klanick, and today I'm joined by Mrs. Reagan for an episode of Faculty Feature. Um, on this series, I will be interviewing faculty about you know their lives, just having some casual conversations with them. So, uh, Mrs. Reagan, how are you today? I'm great, Robbie. How are you doing? Doing pretty well. <laughs> you surviving quarantine? Uh, yeah, you know, surprisingly I am. Um, I, I came up with a new challenge for myself. I saw someone doing this on Strava. Um, do you know what Strava is? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's like running social media for those who don't know. Um, uh, he ran his entire city. So my goal is I have a map right here of my city, and I'm going to try and run it. So we'll see how that goes. Did you hear about the guy <laughs> from New York who ran every street through New York, and it ended up being like 6,000 miles? That's insane. Isn't that crazy? Like, wait, every street in New York City or? Yes. Okay, New York City. Yeah, that's, yeah. I was looking at Lakewood and I was like, man, I, I could not imagine running through Lakewood because they have like streets every like two feet, it feels like. I know. So um, you weren't always a teacher, right? No. No, I've been teaching the 13 years I've been at Ignatius. Wow. So what, what did you do before you taught? A couple things. Um, when I graduated from college, I did business and okay. then, um, I had kids. And so I chose to stay home with them for as much as I could. Um, but when I was doing that, I also, um, really felt like I should be doing something more for the community at large. So I went and I got trained to be a um, community responder. So I was a, an advocate for child abuse and child sexual assault victims. Wow. And um, Dang. Yeah, I would work with, I was a, like a liaison in emergency situations between the family, the medical staff, and the legal, the, the police, the investigators. Um, so I would go sometimes to houses where there was a situation wow. at home. Sometimes we would go to the police station. Sometimes we'd be at the hospitals. Um, and, you know, I'd be on call throughout the weekend and, and respond to that. So I started that in Michigan. So you'd be doing this, you, you did this while you were taking care of your kids? Yeah. Um, wow. So I did it mostly on the weekends because then Mr. Reagan. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, and then we moved to Chicago and I helped start the same program in Chicago. And then we, when we moved here, um, I worked with the Cleveland Rape Crisis Center and we um, worked with the program through there. And then um, by that time, my youngest son was able to start kindergarten. And I went back and I got my master's. Uh, I got my degree in math and then my master's in math and started teaching. Okay. Wow. So um, did you originally start teaching at Ignatius or did you teach at another school before then? So I got my master's at John Carroll and John Carroll had a program that uh, you could get your master's in like two years. And one of those years was an internship through a school. And at the time, uh, Ignatius was part of that. And to be honest, um, Ignatius really wasn't on my radar to start off with. I was always a public school kid. I did public school in the life. Um, and I really felt like when I started, I wanted to do something that was, um, a lot more kind of 
service oriented um, and and work with populations and communities that may have been a little more disenfranchised for sure and um when I came through Ignatius, I really realized like my preconceived ideas of Ignatius um, may have been <laughs> not quite correct um yeah. <laughs> And keeping in mind, you know, I'm not a native Clevelander, so I really did. Yeah, yeah. But I also really was attracted to all the service and the the commitment to social justice. So I did my internship at Ignatius, and two months into my internship, one of our teachers got sick, and I had to take over teaching full time. No way! Wow. Yeah, throughout my internship, and um, by January the school had offered me a contract. So um, I kind of had my job before I even finished my internship. So um, I, in many ways, I got very lucky. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so back to when you first started and got involved in business, were you, what, what were you doing with business and math? So um, I graduated from college in 92, and I was a Detroiter. And the American auto industry in the late 80s, early 90s was not um, really happening. Uh, <laughs> and the Japanese companies were really booming. So, um, and I really never anticipated leaving Michigan. So I figured, be smart about things. And I got a degree in international business and I got a degree in Japanese. So I kind of anticipated working with, you know, a part supplier, not a manufacturer, or something related with business and related with Japanese. And um, I did get hired by uh, an auto parts manufacturer, but they were French. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I only ever ended up speaking Japanese in sushi restaurants. So <laughs> a cool party trick, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. It was it was very handy for for ordering. Yes. Awesome. So um, how would you say like your experience working in like, you know, the auto and or not, I guess, yeah, auto industry. Yeah. Um, how has that like affected you in like teaching and, you know, being in the classroom? So I think the biggest thing that I've recognized throughout any of my jobs and various activities um, is the importance of just being able to communicate to people and to be able to synthesize some some fairly abstract ideas or uh, ideas and concepts that may apply in a very limited setting and be able to apply them to other settings. Gotcha. Huh. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I can definitely see that in your classes with the amount of writing we do for a math class, but you know. Right. <laughs> um, There's a method of madness. Yeah, of course, for sure. <laughs> um, so you said you grew up in Michigan, right? Um, from the time I was eight years old. Eight yeah. years old? Okay. So um, you went to high school in Michigan then and everything. So yep. how, well, how was your experience in high school compared to, you know, maybe what we have at Ignatius now? So I went to a really cool, unique high school. It's a public high school. But, um, like, we, we just had a zillion activities like Ignatius does. Um, okay. I did sports, I did theater, I did uh, forensics, I did debate, um, you know. What debate? Lincoln Douglas, of course, please. Lincoln Douglas, nice, okay. 
Um, but I did interp for forensics, um, you know, and it was a community that we were in a suburb, um, but fairly close to the border of Detroit. Detroit's border ends at eight mile. We, my high school was at 13 mile. Okay. So it was um, probably more of an integrated high school, so to speak, for Detroit. Detroit is exceptionally even currently still a segregated community, but we um, were probably a more diverse high school than um, okay. a lot of the typical suburban high schools were. And that really helped, I think, formulate just a really great community. Okay. Wow. So you weren't always a teacher, as, as we've said. So what made you want to go back to school and get that degree? To be honest, when I first went to college, I, I kicked around the idea of going into teaching. I would have, even right out of high school, liked to have gone back or become a teacher. And I knew that high school would be the only ages that I would want to teach. <laughs> but I also knew that I had just gotten out of high school and I didn't really want to return right away. So I decided to try something else. Gotcha. Makes sense. <laughs> you know, diversifying everything. Um, so you were involved in a lot in high school, it sounds like. What, what's one thing you kind of wish you got involved in more or, you know, maybe noticed more in high school? I came from a very rigid background um, in terms of, of faith and in terms of um, the religious practices and beliefs. And I probably, in fact, not probably, I was not very aware or very open to students that may have been struggling with a lot of different issues, particularly related to uh, gender, sexual orientation, maybe even some socioeconomic situations that arose. And I really... uh, like that, I'm troubled by that. Like I, 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 sh- I should have been better with that, and I wasn't. And so, like, if I could go back and change anything in high school, I definitely would go back and change that. Wow. Yeah. Dang, that was that was a lot deeper than I was expecting. But thank you. Yeah. Wow. For sure. So now you're at Ignatius and you're a teacher and all that. So what's your favorite memory from teaching at Ignatius or, you know, maybe during your internship or I guess that was at Ignatius too, but still, what was your favorite memory? I don't know if I have like one specific favorite memory. I, I just genuinely enjoy the interaction with the students. I, I hope my classes uh, feel comfortable to students like, I hope students feel like, you know, they can be themselves in my class. And I just really have a great time talking to them. I, I just, you guys crack me up. <laughs> Thank you. Hey. <laughs> I mean, you have Daniel Devaney as one of your students, so he's probably quite That funny. is true. That is very true. <laughs> and so, you know, if nothing else, I get to laugh every day. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to say it was Mr. Papelka my freshman year. He goes, the best part about teaching is I get to laugh every day. It's, I don't know what it's going to be, but I'm going to laugh true. and I know I will. He's not wrong with that. Yes. <laughs> um, so of course, not every day of teaching is, you know, sunshine and, you know, true. I don't know, whatever you want to say. Right. 
um, what, what has really gotten you through like the hard days or like, you know, the, the days where students really aren't getting the material? Like what, what has helped you? I think just being able to look at like the bigger picture and realize like my dad had a, a, a great quote. Um, my dad would always say the days are long, but the years are short. And that really helps me remember like, okay, it's one day. It's, there's always tomorrow. We'll figure it out tomorrow. It probably helps that throughout my teaching, I've had cancer five times in the 13 years. That has definitely helped keep a, a bigger picture perspective for me. You know, you have one bad day, you have a bad day. You can have a bad week. <laughs> Hell, there's yep. even a few bad months, you know, it, it happens. <laughs> um, yeah. But there's, you know, things will work out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, so I guess along those lines, like what advice would you have for students just at Ignatius throughout their four years? I think it's advice that I would give to, to anybody. And um, you can't live afraid. Try something. Who cares if somebody else isn't doing it or not thinking about it or sit with that person or, you know, have a conversation with that person. Who cares if they're different or, you know, not somebody that you would typically think that you would have a conversation with. You know, we, we spend so much effort thinking about what is somebody else going to think of us? What do you think of yourself? You know, that's mm-hmm. kind of my challenge, I guess. So uh, I, is, would your advice be the same to like seniors who are going off to college as well? Or do you think you have better advice or, you know, more specific <laughs> advice for them? <laughs> to the seniors, I would add two other things. One would be um, it's okay to change your mind. You're 17, 18, 19 years old. You don't have to know how your life is going to turn out. It's perfectly fine. And you could change your mind when you're 35 years old, like I did, and (laughs) change track. Um, The other thing would be to take risks. If you have an opportunity to travel, travel. If you have the opportunity to, you know, take this really cool internship in a different city, and if that means leaving your friends for a summer, do it. You only get those opportunities a few times in your life and you got to take them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Um, so to f- switch it up a bit, um, you're not always a teacher 24-7, or hopefully you aren't. Um, so what are some like hobbies you, or your favorite activities to do outside of school? I am a, well, I love yoga. I do yoga a lot. Um, and I'm a huge, avid hiker. So I have hiked in all 50 states. Wow. Um, yeah. Mr. Reagan and I, two years ago, we hiked across Ireland. Um, I've hiked through a good number of countries in Europe. Like I just, it's, one, it's my thing. Yeah. Awesome. So is Europe up next for like hiking all countries of Europe or what do you think? <laughs> you know, we were... So we were thinking maybe Scandinavia. I think we might try like Norway, okay. Finland. For sure. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, of course you can't do that now, but no. <laughs> yeah. No. So speaking of quarantine, uh, do you have any tips for being able to get through this time where, you know, we can't really like hang out with other people per se? Well, you know, thank God social media. I mean. Oh I know. Gosh. Yeah. You know, I had one student make a comment to me about how, you know, 
all four years through high school, he's heard the message, you know, social media can be bad. Social media can be dangerous. Mm -hmm. He's like, no, it's like saving my life right now. I said, you know, yes, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Um, obviously you have to keep in touch. Like the worst thing you could do is just totally isolate. So yeah, mm -hmm. you know, whatever you guys, you know, the, I've heard a bunch of you are playing video games and staying connected through that. Um, more power to you. Great. Um, <laughs> wow. But, uh, that's the first time I've heard that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also like get outside, you know, you mm -hmm. can, you, you got to get out. Um, you go stir crazy. And as the weather gets nicer, you know, if you're fortunate enough to have a bike, jump on a bike, just take a walk, uh, get just the fresh air, um, connecting to nature really, um, is critical. You know, that's my biggest advice. Just get outside of your house. <laughs> yeah, I can say that for sure. Um, so of course you haven't gotten to where you are right now alone. Um, has there been a specific person who's had a special influence on your life or who you look up to in order to, you know, become who you are right now? Probably my kids. Hmm. Uh, I am lucky enough and fortunate enough to say, like, I just, I adore my kids. I really do. Um, I, Mr. Reagan and I may have been a little untraditional in the sense that um, we, we kind of told our kids we, we trusted them. And so they, um, they never had curfews. They, um, as far as I know, never did some really stupid things. I'm sure they've done <laughs> somewhat stupid things, but never, you know, anything that involved bail money so far. Um, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> not yet. Yeah. I'll hear about that later. I'm sure. But, um, they, they're just really good, cool human beings. Um, and they've followed their passions. They've found their way, their paths. And I just, I, I learn a lot from them. Um, I love talking with them. The greatest thing in the world is when they're around and we can hang together. For sure. Do you have anyone home right now with you? So my youngest son is special needs and um, he'll always live with us, which is awesome in my world. Um, <laughs> my youngest daughter who is days away from graduating from college. Uh, wow. Yeah. She is a nursing student and the hospitals are not allowing the nursing students into the hospital right now to finish their clinicals. Okay. So she's home with us right now. Um, but in three weeks, we are moving her to Nashville where she's going to start uh, working full-time in a hospital there. Um, so she's home with us right now. Crazy. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So to end up this uh, podcast, do you have a specific song that you've been listening to during this time? About a specific song. So I've been listening to Yola, who she's a British artist. Dan Auerbach okay. produced her first album. It's kind of, kind of a mellower, you know, okay. mellow type thing. But then um, a friend of mine from Nashville got me into, they're called The New Respects. And they're definitely like more upbeat, feel okay. good type. Um, so when I'm kind of in the the low moments and quarantine, <laughs> pop them in and you know, feel a little bit better. For sure. <laughs> 
Um, all right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, it was a pleasure to talk with you. Stay healthy, stay safe, and go Cats. Thanks, Robbie. You as well.